obviously the goal of a, a match on a Saturday is gone, but I need to find my own goal now. And it's pretty simple in terms of living as healthy and a long life as I can. Modern medicine has done a lot for mankind. But the one thing we've all been reminded of since the pandemic began is how much there is that we don't know about the human body. I always kind of was questioning nutritious and, and wondering why I was taking certain things at certain times because I had a real interest in it. What if a lot of the answers we seek already exist within each of us, hiding in plain sight? And what they are discovering might explain that gut feeling that we all have from time to time. Hi everybody, you're very welcome back to That Gut Feeling. I'm Jonathan Healy, presenter of this podcast series sponsored by Alpharex. And we are aiming to answer the important questions about your gut health and how you can look after it. Across the series, we're listening to some leading Irish and international experts on the growing awareness of gut health. And for this episode, we're going to focus on sport fitness, diet and performance. And I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Stringer, former Irish and Munster Rugby International TV star, businessman, father of two. And if that wasn't enough, he was recently on RT's Ultimate Hell Week. Peter, how are you? Oh, after that intro, it's, um, yeah, I feel tired. I feel tired even thinking about this Hell Week that's um, that's been on. It's just um, to be able to watch it and sit back and relax has been a joy. But um, yeah, look, times have been good. It's um, I'm busy. Which is very important. Um, you know, since the rugby has stopped a couple of years ago, I've um, I've had plenty to do, which has been great. You know, I have to ask a question though: Are you a sadist? Really, you must be, because between Ultimate Hell Week and Dancing with the Stars, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for a quiet retirement. You just keep doing terrible things to yourself. A, a terrible thing, and I'm glad you included Dancing with the Stars in that, because if I had agreed to do Dancing with the Stars and I had turned this down turned Hellwig down, I would have never lived myself. So, yeah, it's certainly, um, I don't know which I would do first again, if, if either of them, I'm not too sure. Dancing certainly was um, very much out of a comfort zone. Um, Hellwig was, as described in the, um, in the title, it certainly was very much hell. So, um, yeah, but two, two good experiences. Hellwig, um, you know, phenomenal. It really was something I am delighted that I did. Um, as tough as it was, it was just one of those character testing mentally challenging um moments in your life that you you'll never forget what was the worst part of it though i mean you described it as worse than you'd ever imagine now you went on to win it so you you were good at putting yourself through terrible things what was the single worst thing that you did to your body for that experience oh like the work the training the preparation i suppose i'm someone that I need to go into a situation fully prepared as, as, as best I can. And I suppose in terms of what was that, you know, was going to come up in the show, we, we didn't really know. I looked at the previous two seasons and I'd seen it was obviously challenging. Um, one of the elements was obviously being fit and running with that heavy backpack on your back. And we saw from episode five um, how tough and challenging that was. So I'd done a lot of training for that. But then... You know, those moments away from the tasks of jumping out of helicopters, being in the cold water, all of this, the things where you're inside in your room and you have to have your, they call it the admin ready and, and ready to go. So in terms of your folding up your bed and getting all your clothes packed away, all in the space of like five minutes, getting your food into you. 
and you're constantly on edge. There's not a second for you to relax. So those moments actually probably got to me more, those kind of mental moments where you had to kind of think about preparing, getting your things ready on the back of no sleep, no food. Um, and like I said, not a moment to yourself. So there was no downtime. Um, actually, do you know what? It was a relief when those tasks came around. I kind of enjoyed them in a, in a weird kind of a way. Yeah, you see, you're, because, I said you're a, you're a sadist. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very simple and obvious, isn't it? <laughs> because you had, it was just you kind of in your own body and mind kind of focusing on things I was probably, you know, used to in terms of those physical challenges. Um, I kind of, in, not in, in a weird way, did enjoy it, but it, it was the moments kind of when you weren't doing those and they were the DS guys that were in your face. They were constantly at you. They were, they were looking to break you mentally. They were, you know, they were constantly challenging and there was nothing that you could do. And they would say that it was the right way to do something. You know, there was, there was never, an, I suppose, a way where you thought, Oh, I've nailed this. They always found the negative finish. And that was just to break you. Your, your body has been through the ringer uh, with sports uh, and things like ultimate hell week, which was harder. Um, the task with the big backpack or being in the 80th minute, having run the legs off yourself, having put yourself through a very difficult game, uh, knowing that uh, there was three points in the difference between the two teams, which was harder? Oh, do you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one because I always look at it back and, and you think of the rugby scenario where I equate it to doing your, you're doing your fitness drills pre-season and you know that you've got, say, three sets of 10, it's going to take 45 minutes and you're done. The thing with Hell Week was you never knew how long something was going to go on for. And that was the, the mentally challenging part of it. So that there was a test we did on the beach. They said, this can go on. Just keep going until we tell you stop. So it went on for about three and a half hours of fitness on the beach. Again, that, that big kind of mountain run with the backpack. Again, you're, you're told nothing before it starts. You just keep going until you reach the finish line. And you don't know where that finish line is. And, it turned out to be 21 kilometers later after about five hours of climbing three peaks of the highest kind of mountains in, down in West Cork. So, oh, to, you know, in the, in the rugby scenario, you can see that clock ticking down. You've got that kind of mental kind of comfort that you kind of, okay, I can play this clock. I know what's left. It's just that physical challenge of that mountain and the not knowing how long it was going on for it was, I think, I, uh, me and a lot of the other guys certainly questioned ourselves on the side of that mountain but um yeah i've never been in a in a more physically demanding situation before one of the things that i find brilliant um uh, is that you gave up rugby what three years ago now at this point three yeah you, yeah you're still as fit as a butcher's dog um and if if i was in your shoes having put myself through professional rugby having watched my diet having exercised as best as I could to stay at peak physical fitness I'd just be gorging on chips at this point I mean how are you not I do, I do enjoy I do enjoy certainly um my my treats I'd be a I'd be a sweet kind of person I'd be a chocolate and ice cream I'd, I'd I don't shy away from those things at all but I know that you know I've a good understanding of my nutrition in terms of you know what I put into my body I know that you know, if I want to stay the same that I am right now, that I have to work hard and I do and I enjoy that element. I enjoy working out and it's all about the balance. And it's I never kind of even if I'm working with people in terms of their fitness and nutrition, you never restrict anything from someone's diet because as soon as you do, then it's the one thing they start craving more and more and more. So it's all about that balance and having that kind of education around kind of food and, and understanding what it does when you put certain things into your body. So um, 
look, yeah, look, I'm, I'm someone I do. I love, I love my food, um, but I also love my training. So it's a good mix, you know. You, you got a very good grounding, I'm guessing, in sport, in rugby, about what food to eat. Because if you didn't eat the right food, you weren't going to perform. So there was no mm. question of having a feed of pints or a big dirty Chinese the night before a game. You were almost instinctive in knowing that good gut health meant you were going to perform well out on the pitch. Absolutely, you nailed it. It's, um, I suppose I'm someone I've, like, I've never drank, I've never smoked in my life. And it's, it's all about that nutrition in terms of you understand you know, what you put into your body, you know, you'll, you'll reap the, the rewards on, on the other side of it. Certainly I know that, you know, you eat well, um, you, you'll, you'll feel good and you'll train properly and you'll play well. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a simple equation. Like I know I've been in situations where on, on a Saturday, you certainly might, um, you might indulge in a few kind of few treats and, you know, back in the day, kind of pizzas and stuff. And you wake up the next morning and you're in, you know, you're lethargic, you're in no mood to train or anything like that. So, yeah, look, I've, I've understood that. I've understood the concept of, you know, nutritionists. We've had them on board with us for a number of years in, in professional sport. And I'm always someone, I, did, I just studied chemistry in university in UCC. And, and I, it's always something that has interests me in terms of, you know, the, the, all the macronutrients and the micronutrients and everything that they put into our body to, 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 to reap the benefits. So it's, other guys might necessarily kind of really want to know. Other guys are just told, okay, this is what you eat. This is what will happen. And they just said, just tell me what to eat. I'll eat it. And this is how I perform on a Saturday for a match. I always kind of was questioning nutritious and, and wondering why I was taking certain things at certain times um, because I had a real interest in it. And that probably has stood to me since I finished playing because, you know, and now I'm able to implement my own kind of food into, into my schedule and I'm able to create my own schedule around my training. So I understand the, the, the values and the nutritional values that are attached to food. So on the back, I suppose, of piggybacking these nutritionists and S&C coaches over the years, I've now been able to apply it to my life and to, to other people's lives that I work with. We obviously look for the, the dopamine hit that we get from food. I mean, the food that goes into our stomach makes our brains happy, but we don't realise that that link is there. There's discipline involved in sport, though, that, you know, OK, you, you might like the chocolate, but you know if you eat too much chocolate, you were going to feel bad the following day, probably perform not as well as you used to. How quickly did you twig that? Like the early days when you were a young fella, you still probably wanted to do young fella things. Was it something that came with experience and age a bit easier? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I used to love sitting down eating a slice pan with Nutella and Nutella sandwiches. That's my that was a snack for me. You know what I mean? You think <laughs> back to now, I'm like it's madness, madness. And I suppose when I when I moved away, like I've always looked after my kind of diet, and, and I've been, I've, I've I've really kind of felt that food plays a huge role, and from an energy perspective, and also like mentally, you know how how good you feel. Um, obviously, you need that kind of little bit of a, a release every so often, and the benefits of a bit of chocolate, you know, certainly are, are there as well in terms of you making you feel good, but just understanding around the right times of not getting that kind of the sugar high and the sugar rush around, around training. So, um, yeah, look, what, again, did, it was, what did you make to say to the lads who would have gone before you? So, like, you know, look, I'm not singling Donald out, but Donald Lennon's era and the ones that went before, the Mas Keen era, like those lads, note how... They knew how to live a good life, if I could put it that way, and it didn't feature into their food. Can you understand how they stayed upright and played the game that they did with the lifestyle and the culture that was around the sport at the time? Oh, it's, it's madness. And I suppose there was a bit of a crossover when the game turned professional in 95. I left school in 96. 
And we still had a few of those guys. You look at the likes of Mick Galway and Peter Clossy, guys who would have been involved in that era before I would have started. And they were probably the, the you know, kind of that crossover in terms of the amateur game and the professional game. And, you know, I suppose it was difficult for those guys coming into a setup when someone was trying to tell you to train more than, more than once in a day. And the likes of Claw and Gallop kind of going, are you actually serious here? You know what I mean? I can't have a pint during the week. And, um, no, I'm sure they did, but it, it probably made it a little bit more difficult for, for guys like that to kind of completely transition out of the amateur area. So, like, these guys would have, you know, back in the day had a couple of points before big international matches. And just try, for me to comprehend that and for any kind of professional modern player is just, it's bizarre to think of it. But it did happen. Everyone was doing it. It was an amateur game. They had their own jobs and, you know, they had to... I suppose had that stress relief kind of before a big game and a lot of them kind of found it beneficial. So it's just, it's, it's mad to think that it's only happened since 1996 really. And that the game, you know, has, has kind of turned since then. But has it made players a little bit more robotic in their approach that they, they go to trading, they eat the food that's given to them. They go to trading, they sleep. Is there something a little unnatural about that? It It is. It is. In terms of a schedule, you go, you get your schedule on a Sunday night and you, you will know where you need to be. You need, you know what to wear. You're told what to eat. You're told kind of where the meeting is taking place. So it very much, um, it's all geared towards that Saturday game um, and what's best for you and the team and how you you approach that. So, you know, look, there's a there's a, a multitude of of people working behind the scenes in terms of coaches, managers, logistic people in terms of travel. It's all done for you, and that's probably, you know. At the detriment to a lot of guys when they finish playing in many, many scenarios, because, you know, guys come out of it all of a sudden and they're, they're left fend for themselves and they don't have that, you know, they don't have that kind of ability to, you know, structure their lives or if they want to continue training or continue eating well, a lot of them, you know, didn't really understand um, how to do that. And I think a lot of guys probably take a long time to kind of get back into it and gradually kind of realize you know, what they need to do because everything was done for you. You know, you're in an environment where professional set up and the game has turned pro very, very quickly. But it's um, it's something that, yeah, guys do struggle with. And unfortunately for me, I suppose I always took an interest in my training and nutrition. So that transition out of the game was a lot easier. And I wanted to stay in this kind of fitness and nutrition industry anyway. So it was something that I loved and had a passion for. So it made it a bit easier. When you were in the middle of that setup, how much attention was given to gut health? Because obviously physical strength is huge. You know, not 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 quite as much for you as it would be uh, for the fellas uh, in the front row. But how important was gut health to to say to everybody? That's a very important part because if that's not right, you're not going to do well out in the pitch, or maybe worse, you're going to do less well than the fella who's opposing you. Yeah, it is, and I suppose it's like you always talk about that kind of gut feeling, you know, and, and what does that kind of refer back to? And it's just that your, your first in- instinct and that's where it comes from. And, you know, again, gut health is so important in terms of your, your nutrition um, because w- without it, if you're, if you're below par in terms of your gut health, you know, nothing else can function. You know, it's, it's playing on your mind, um, which doesn't do you any favors at all. You won't be able to focus. You can't concentrate um, on, on the task at hand and also then physically you're feeling just not great and that help, that weighs on you heavily as well so it's, it's a massive part in terms of what you put into your body um, and understanding that connection between I suppose your gut and your brain as well and that's ultimately kind of what we wanted to do and wanted to make sure that 
that was kind of on track for the for the for the period of time when we were training so that come saturday that we were in prime physical condition to be able to execute everything you know i want to talk to you about nerves when you're lining out um and and again it's something that you as a professional would have zoned out to a certain degree but there would have been occasions i remember Oh, Millennium Stadium, the first time Munster uh, lifted the Heineken Cup as it was at the time I was there. Um, you did that brilliant ankle tap. We, we could go on about that in its own right. But how did you manage nerves on an occasion like that? Because no matter how many times you've run out in a jersey that you are so connected with, occasion is bound to get to you. Yeah, look, it's it's tough. It's um but you know what? I, I, I kind of dealt with it differently to some guys and everyone was different. I, I used to always room with the guy, David Wallace. Um, Wally used to always become pale white, sick with nerves. And once you knew you saw him like that, you knew he was ready. And I suppose for me, I kind of fed off that a lot. And I kind of, I used to get excited. I used to get hyper at the thought of being on the bus, kind of rounding, say, Cardiff onto the main street and just seeing thousands and thousands of red Munster supporters. Um, and that's where I kind of got my energy and my buzz from seeing that kind of that sea of red and that, that sense of occasion. Um, and, and just running out, I felt I felt comfortable. I felt comfortable in front of 80,000 people and like people talking about, you know, different scenarios in my life. Um, but that's what I've done since I was six or seven years of age is play rugby. It's a scenario where. I felt really confident in, I was well rehearsed in, I had trained for those kind of moments. Um, so it was about just kind of dealing with that pressure in that moment. And, you know, I've been through some big games and some some unfortunate defeats over the years on big occasions. And um, you learn from those and you learn from those experiences. And, um, you know, each each season, that's, that's what you do. You strive to be as good as you can be on that final day of the season. And, um, you know, each season we, you know, that we had lost a, a final or semi-final, we'd come back the next year and we'd spend another nine months working at it, working on those kind of one or two percents to get you over the line. And um, yeah, look, it's 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 it, it's tough, but it's certainly all worth it when you kind of get to lift that trophy at the end of it, you know. And did you ring Wally when you were trying to pour yourself into your sparkly pants and were getting slightly nervous going on for Dancing with the Stars? Because uh, I'm presuming that was a different nerve. I tell you what, I I, I would gladly. I would run out in front of 80,000 people um, before I put on another sparkly suit and try and dance. Because I know, like, that talk of, like, doing something I had never, ever done. Because I, like, being a non-drinker, I never even had those moments of, those drunken moments of those, you know, you lose your inhibition and step out on the dance floor and think you're the world's greatest dancer. I've never had those moments because you always have that little kind of self-conscious moment of, you feel that everybody in a pub or nightclub is watching you. So, um yeah, I never even had that. So to do that on TV, wearing a pink suit as well, particularly was a <laughs> was a big challenge. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I could have plenty of stick for that. Certainly, yeah. I, I, I could see why you did uh, Ultimate Hell Week just to try and cancel them out if they if they could be balanced out <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, any yeah, particular yeah. way. A bit more um, credibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you deal with stress differently now that you're out of the game? I mean, how how do you manage it in everyday life? Because you've got you've you've got kids as well at home and who are small, who are always going to be kind of uh, doing kid things. Um, you know, everybody, every dad has this, his crack at all east of Java moments where where they want to go and uh, and give out. So how do you manage those? Yeah, do you know what? For me, it's about again bringing what I've learned over the last twenty years of my professional career, bringing that 
to my life now. And obviously the goal of a, a match on a Saturday is gone, but I need to find my own goal now. And it's pretty simple in terms of living as healthy and a long life as I can in terms of with my kids and being able to move around. And I suppose I get my training done early. My, my week is scheduled the best I can on a Sunday evening. Um, I get that training kind of scheduled in. Um, and once I get that done, I can, I can move on. I suppose at times schedule is thrown in the air and you, you miss that session in the morning. It weighs in your mind, um, kind of working from home, kids knocking on the door, kind of pressure builds and it's, it's all about kind of kind of managing that little bit of stress and I suppose um, if for me my outlet is, is training and 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 going for a run getting in the gym and not so much from kind of physical point of view yes it benefits me but it's just knowing that I've been in there knowing that I've stepped out over that line and kind of had that time to myself that hour to myself um, kind of blow off a few cobwebs and and just kind of reset everything so once that's done I'm just, I think, like a lot of people, I'm probably, I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed. I'm, um, I'm a better person to be around, just like anybody who's had just after their dinner. It's just, you know, all those kind of little moments. Um, you don't want to be kind of hungry during the day. And just, again, just thinking about your food and thinking about your training, getting those in order, staying hydrated, getting decent sleep when you can. It's not ideal with two boys um under you know four and 18 months it's not at the, not at the moment but it's um it's uh it's it's challenging but you know what you just you get on with it have you picked our positions on the pitch yet or are you going to wait and see if they actually like the game first oh geez i don't know what position you put these two and they are just they are i tell you what they're like duracell bunnies they are non-stop um it's great because i'm in the gym and no all no wants to do is come into the gym after me so that's his routine he comes in lifts a few dumbbells He's on the TRX machine. He's swinging off things. He's on the treadmill. He is, um, he's a live wire. And Oscar then is, is going to be, I'd say, even more active. But it, you know what? It's brilliant. I'd, um, Debbie's always given out to me. She said, you know, this is, it's from you. They get these genes. It's from you. So I am, um, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, it keeps me, keeps me busy. And don't forget, you're going to get back into the game as well. You, you'll end up coaching. You know you're going to end up coaching. You just haven't accepted it yourself yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> you, you're an advocate of taking things slowly, Peter. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I suppose I'm someone that, like, when you come out of the game and I, I, stood, I stood back to reassess, and I think a lot of guys probably, you get that nervous moment of when you finish playing rugby, and it's, it's a daunting prospect, getting, getting out into the the business world, the big bad world, because of the bubble that we've been in for so long. So I, I really didn't want to kind of jump into anything. Um, I still had, you know, I had kind of the commentaries, things that I was doing, and I was at rugby matches, and I was able to do the analysis, which I loved. And, and then in terms of, of things, and you know, there's plenty of opportunities that come your way when you finish playing. The guys kind of throw different things at you in different businesses, and and you often have to take a step back and and just kind of reflect on, is it for my own good or for their own good as a company who are trying to bring me on board? Is it going to benefit me? And you just have to, I think, just take a little, little step back and kind of take a kind of a broader picture, not to kind of rush into anything because, because we've come out of a, a very, very unusual scenario for, 20, for me for the last 20 years. I didn't want to just jump into something that I didn't enjoy. It was about finding something, finding the right thing. Um, because ultimately I want to do something that I love doing on a daily basis. I've had that all my life. Um, 
and I want to be able to get up in the mornings and look forward to my job. And, and, you know, again, it took a bit of time. Um, but again, it's, it's being in that kind of fitness and nutrition industry. That's where I want to be. So it was just about not rushing into it and, um, and just kind of understanding that, you know, things will come your way, you know, and, and you'll make it work if you love it. Uh, and that brings me to my final question to you, uh, the, the, the what's next question. I mean, I'm hugely impressed that you you spent 20 years playing the game. You operated at the highest possible level internationally. That comes to an end. What do you do next? Then you studied chemistry. Sure. Why wouldn't you? And now you're opening your own gym. That's the plan for later this year. That's the plan now, yeah. So looking at kind of a start of December, mid-December uh, opening, just uh, in time for for Christmas, getting people in on a few trials. So it'll be inside in the Elysian. So it's an F45 franchise. Um, F45 is a, an Australian brand, kind of featured heavily in the US. And there's, there's about six or seven in Dublin. It's the first one outside of Dublin. So it's um, it's around a kind of a functional fitness 45-minute sessions. That's where it comes from. And it's a kind of a high-energy class-based um, scenario where people of all sizes ages um standards strengths everything um there it's catered for everyone and i think it coming out of the last 18 months that we've had i think it's it's great that people will be able to get back in it's about building a community it's about that a social aspect in terms of that kind of group training they'll get that specific personal training touch within that environment um so it's something that i'm really really excited about um um, and looking forward to it because it's it's a, it's a big it's a big it's a big venture and it's something that I'm I've always wanted to do um, and I, and I am I'm excited about it you know as well as I've my own website launching as well um, and my own my own training business as well so on that's on the on, on the side as well so I'm um, I'll be busy I'll be busy which is great but it's it's in an industry that I love and to explain it in a Cork context because obviously two Cork people talking to each other you're going to be sounder than the fellas on absolute hell week to the people you're actually who are paying to be trained by you aren't you? I tell you what I'll be a lot more sympathetic I'll be I will be <laughs> I'll be looking obviously looking to train with people who are like-minded like myself who want to work and want to work hard but certainly um, there won't be any of the um, the scare tactics that have gone in on hell week I'll be much nicer to be um to be training with a smile this time around yeah and, and what's next for tv fair city next year i mean have you thought <laughs> that far ahead <laughs> no 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 i think i'll give it a break for a while no i've uh, just stick with the rugby on the tv for a while so i have um, <laughs> have a contract with rt now for a while to do the rugby which will which will which will do me for a while anyway right, well you won't have to do too much uh, strenuous work with that at least uh, peter strager it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for joining us cheers guys thank you That's it from this episode of That Gut Feeling, the podcast series raising awareness and importance of your gut health with me, Jonathan Healy, sponsored by Alpharex. My thanks to Peter Stringer for joining us. Don't forget you can listen to and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Join me the next time for more on That Gut Feeling.